Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Great. It's wonderful having you guys with us. And from my side, it's really special. If this is your first time with us, you're especially welcomed into this family. Then for today, we are ending off a series called Befriend, where we're looking at evangelism. And I'd like to kick off today by asking you to quickly tell the person next to you, what's the picture that comes to mind? What's the thing that you see in your mind when I say evangelize? Tell someone about Jesus. When you think of an evangelist, what's the picture that you see? Quickly tell the person next to you, what's that picture that comes to mind in your head? It's like some of us are even evangelizing now. Like, listen, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me talk to you. You need to hear some stuff. In the first service, Brent was sitting down. He was like, I'm seeing a guy knocking at your door, like coming and like, listen, you need to give your life to Jesus right now. Dry or dry. Turn or burn. If you have that picture in your mind, maybe maybe some of you, some of you guys might even have the old picture of a guy standing on a big box, screaming and saying, give your life to Jesus. You know, that kind of picture. Or maybe you're part of the, what would Jesus do movement still? Like, hey, buddy, check my, check my binky. What's happening here kind of vibes, okay? Maybe Maybe some of you guys can remember that. Now, can I just quickly let you in? If you're here for the very first time, you're off the hook now. But if you've been journeying with us through this series, this was actually a trick question. Because this series was all about knowing and discovering that evangelism is not for the pastor standing on the street corner or for the super Christian going out and knocking on doors. Evangelism is for everybody. So the picture you should see when I say evangelism is a picture of your Self. You should see yourself. When I think, when I say, think about an evangelist, what do you see? You see Lorraine. You see yourself, not pastor. You see child of God. That's what you should be seeing. And that's actually exactly what we covered the first week. We said evangelism is for everyone. We said it's like playing rugby. Evangelism is like a team sport, is rugby. Now I see I got some guys' attention here. Rugby, what do you mean rugby? Yes, it's like rugby. Evangelism, many times we think the goal is scoring the try. So when I chat with someone, they need to give their life to Jesus immediately. And we said, no, that's not the picture. It's a journey. Sometimes God is calling you to win the line out. And then he's calling you to be the look on your arm and create the gap. And then he's calling you to be the, the mapimpi. But maybe you're not always the same person every single time. Maybe you're just the person helping them one little step closer to discovering that Jesus is, is, is their life. So it's a team sport. It's for everyone, and you have a specific role to play. And we looked at six different ways in which people can maybe evangelize, sharing the good news of Jesus, truth-telling, reasoning, storytelling, friendship evangelism, invitational, inviting someone to an event where they can maybe discover more about Jesus, acts of service, blessing someone by the way you reach out and you serve in their needs. That's a way to share the good news. And then in week two, we double clicked on friendship. And the reason why we did that for the rest of the series is because we believe it's something everybody in this room has. You have the opportunity to be a friend. You have that to give. So that's the primary way in which we can share the good news and be evangelists out there. And we looked at three ways to be a friend to the person around you. You can be a crown bestower. Seeing a king and a shepherd's boy, as Samuel saw in David. 
And you can treat someone in the way that God sees them. You can treat them with dignity. The guy on the street just loving that person in that moment. That's an act of friendship. It's a crown bestowing moment. Or you can be a Jonathan in friendship. You can run in when the house gets burning down and everybody's running out. You're the one person running back in. And you're loyal and you're faithful and you're with that person through their biggest trials and painful moments in life. Or maybe God wants to use you to be a Nathan in David's life and be a friend like that to speak the truth when that conversation saved David's calling when he confronted him about Bathsheba and his murdering one of his best friends maybe God's calling you to share the truth and share it in love and we looked at that and then last week Brent um, spoke in the evening if no Brent wasn't even here if I'm remembering correctly it was Christy that came and shared the word last week and he talked about adding value so then we looked at the heart of friendship, not just how can you be a friend in evangelizing. The heart is to love. And when you love, you ask the question, how can I add value to your life? And we looked at the story of Jesus and the 10 lepers, healing the 10 lepers. And Jesus blessed them all and healed all of them, even though he knew only one would come back to say thank you. So when we add value, we do it with a loving heart saying, I'm not asking anything back. I'm just doing this because I have been loved. Therefore, I love. And that brings us then to today. And today is the last sermon in the series. And today's sermon title is Take the Leap. So tell the person next to you, are you ready to take the leap? Quickly ask them, are you ready to take the leap? Yes. It's like trustful, baby. Are you ready for this one? Okay, we're going to be taking the leap. Now, before I tell you a little bit more about that, I want to start off with a story. When I just finished school, I went to Stellenbosch, a land of milk and honey, very close by. It's like heaven, and then you have like the Cape, and then you have the rest of the world. That's what they say. Sorry, and obviously in between the Cape and heaven is Bloemfontein, obviously. <laughs> just clarifying that everybody knows now. Okay. Cool. So I was in the land of Morgan Honey before, and I was like doing a service here for Jesus for that year there. And I mean, I'm like on fire. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do things for Jesus. And, and God did amazing things in my life and activated new things in my life that year. I got my relationship with him has been really deep and, and very intimate. I discovered that he is a father, a loving father, and not an absent man there up in the sky and sorting me out. That's what I discovered that year. But in the time of that year, when God revealed himself to me in such a personal way, there was this moment when I was walking to one of my favorite places in, this, in that little town. It's by the BP garage. And it wasn't the BP garage. It was, was, was inside of the BP garage. It was called the McDonald's. Anybody knows that place? One of my favorite spaces. And I'll never forget it because that year was the year that the McFeast burger Arrived. Anybody ever had the McFeast? I enjoyed that burger for the first time in my life that year. It came with a massive bang into my life. Uh, and it tasted like brie lace on a burger. That's why I loved it so much. So I was making my way to go and enjoy my second, for the second time in my life, my favorite burger at that stage, the McFeast Deluxe. And as I'm walking on my way towards McDonald's, there is this random guy coming down by the side of the road. I'm going to walk straight into him. And as I'm walking and I'm looking at this person, just this thought drops into my mind. And it's like really pushing on my heart that I need to tell this guy that Jesus loves him. 
Just show him that he's loved. I'm a young oak. I'm journeying with Jesus now. I'm like, I'm going to get this thing right and I'm sorting it out. But I'm firstly overwhelmed because I, I don't know what's going to happen. So, and I must tell you, as, as this thing is on my heart, it feels like it's an eternity passing. Every step feels like, I can still remember it like today. It's like, it's an hour before this guy's going to come. Am I going to tell him? I need to tell him, am I going to do this? And as he steps closer and I'm closer to him and he comes closer and he's two steps away and he's one step away and he passes me and he's one step away from me and two steps away from me and he starts walking away, this thing is just still nudging in my heart and I'm like, should I, should I? I'm, I don't know if I have the guts. And, and then finally, as I realize maybe this opportunity is going to pass me and in, in the next moment, I turn around and the guy's gone. Man, and I start running. And I'm looking for this oak. And I go to the end of the street corner, look down, and I kid you not, that dude is gone. Can't find him anywhere. To this day, I've never spoken to that man. I've never told him this. I didn't take the leap. And the spirit was guiding me. Why am I telling this story? Because this morning, I know, as I am going to, challenge you guys to do the same we always feel that we're not enough we're afraid we think what if i'm not really hearing jesus guys is god's grace enough for that guy to still hear about god even if i didn't take the leap yes i'm not the only answer for that person's salvation jesus is the only only answer did i miss out on something god wanted to do through me in that moment yes majorly so as we're going to activate so this morning very simple very clear sermon not big theology 101 just very practical i want to encourage you guys activate you when you walk out of here to take the leap and to see the amazing miracles that god wants to come and do through your life as you start sharing the good news as the spirit guides you and in order to do that three things you're going to love this number one Simple. Just do it. <laughs> That's title of number one. Yeah, you got it right. And what do I mean by just do it? I mean, the same story that I just told you, I want to talk to you about two other stories of people that heard God's voice and they actually just did it. They just obeyed. So the one guy is a guy that lived in New York. Um, true stories. Both of these stories are true. And he walks down the street. I mean, the Big Apple, everything is happening. It's busy, the city that never sleeps. And he's walking in the hustle and the bustle, the economic, economic hub of the world. It's like skyscrapers are going up like this the whole time. Everything is going like crazy. And as he's walking the one day, young Christian just started off his journey and, he's, and he recognized God's voice while he's walking past an, a building that's busy con being constructed. And there's this huge pipe going up from the bottom on the side walk of the street up right up to the top of this skyscraper but a massive skyscraper and as he walks past this huge pipe there's this thought that drops in his mind and and it's this i want you his name's andrew andrew i want you to stand by this pipe and scream at the top of your lungs in the middle of new york where everybody can see you and think you're a crazy person I want you to stand in front of this pipe and scream, Jesus loves you, as loud as you can. So, I mean, obviously, have you ever walked past people standing around a building and screaming at the walls? 
Have you ever seen something? I've read stories like Jericho walls and people think they're crazy. But I mean, imagine just for a moment, you walk out here today and there's like this group of people and they start screaming at the wall. I mean, you're going to be like, what's going on here? So I can imagine what would have been going through this guy's mind as this thought comes up. Oh, no, man, I'm crazy. I'm turning crazy. This can't be Jesus. I can't believe God wants me to scream. So, but, but it's like pushing on his heart. And as he's trying to get away from this place, it's like the spirit's just like, no ways. I'm not letting you go. You need to go back. You need to say this. So finally, just to kind of like let his heart be at rest, he walks over and he's just like quick pass. And he's like, Jesus, that's you. And he walks back. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool, cool. And he's looking like, I didn't ask you to whisper. I asked you to scream at the top of your lungs. And he's like, no, man, I can't do this. I'm going to look like a crazy person. And then finally, when he conjured up all the guts and he's standing right next to this big, massive opening, screaming at a wall, Jesus loves you, but like crazy. The next moment, just as he wanted to walk away, he heard another voice coming back down. And it's a guy standing up there wanting to kill himself at that moment, committing suicide. And he was praying this prayer, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. And he screams down and he says, thank you. I'm coming down now to speak to you. And that man heard the good news. That day his life changed because someone was willing to take the leap. Second story. Guy at the airport stops, strange airport. Just by the way, the story is that story, one of Brother Andrew's stories. I don't know if you know him, he was a Bible smuggler and did a lot of work. And that was one of his early day stories as he's journeyed. Next story, story of a guy happened here in 2000s and um, he was on his way to another country and as he arrived in that country at the airport, walking outside to go to where he needed to go, he saw a guy, a lady wanting to climb into a taxi and as he saw this lady, they just dropped something in his heart, the following thought came in and it was just like as clear as daylight, Jesus telling him, this is what you need to go do, go and tell that lady, John is going to be okay. And he's like, I don't know this person. I have no idea who this person is. So he walks over. He tells this lady. The moment he tells the lady, she starts crying. I mean, sobbing, like uncontrollably in that moment, just before she climbs into the taxi. And then what happened was that that lady had heard the news that her son, whose name is John, was diagnosed with cancer. And she couldn't deal with the reality of that sickness. And she didn't know where to reach out to. And that was the moment that opened up a door. Because someone was willing to take the leap and share, and follow Jesus in that moment. It opened up the door for that person to discover and be encouraged by Jesus' love and his power in that moment. What a powerful thing. I'm telling you the stories because I want to share with you that if you just do it, you might just experience it. How cool is that? Just do it. And I know you might be sitting there and saying, Lorraine, I could have stayed at home this morning. I mean, it's so simple. Just do it. I mean, why did I come to church to, do, to listen to this? This is like, hello. And I want to tell you, it's because it's so obvious. I quickly want to tell, show you guys. Jesus said it himself. Matthew 28, verse 19. Do you remember what he said? He said something like, think about making disciples every day. Just think about it the whole time. Did he say that? No. Did he say, talk about making disciples. Sit around in little circles and talk about what does it mean to follow Jesus. 
Did he say that? No. What did he say? He said, just do it. Go. Go and make disciples. It's as if Jesus just like had Nike 1 verse 1 on his heart there. It's like, just do it, boykies. Go for it. So that's point number one. If we want to take the leap, you need to know today that you need to just do it. When the opportunity comes, don't be like me in that moment and consider and allow fear to keep you from taking that leap and just doing it. Now I know when you're sitting here, you might be asking, great, Lorraine, I can just go and do it, but I'm not like next level, you know, and I'm going to really need help with this. I don't know the Bible that well. I'm not like this expert in, in, in like theology and stuff like that. Can I tell you many times that actually stands in the way of helping someone and just doing it and sharing the good news. You share so much knowledge, but you don't share news. You're really not there with them in that moment, but needless. If you're saying you need help, I want to tell you, you're right. You, you are going to need help to just do it. And in fact, Jesus knows that you are going to need help. And therefore, he sends you the Holy Spirit. And I, that's point number two, want to encourage you then to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit in this. So when the Spirit guides you to do this, to share with someone good news, to reach out, to love someone. I mean, guys, it can be the smallest of things. Screaming into a pipe, Jesus loves you. I mean, how weird is that? How much did that cost you? A little bit of your pride, maybe. That's it. Just do it. Follow the Holy Spirit's prompting. Jesus says it like this. John chapter 14, verse 25 to 27. He says, I've spoken these things to you while I remain with you, speaking to his disciples. But the counselor, that's the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Everybody quickly say, remind. remind. Okay, so where do you remember things? In your mind. So how does the Spirit speak to you? He reminds you. <laughs> it's so interesting. I'm like, in my mind, Jane is like, hot. <laughs> and her daughter right next to her is like, mine. <laughs> yes, guys, it's like both of these things work together. No, it's like your emotions. The reality is this. As you are sitting here and I'm speaking to you, can I ask you, is there maybe a name that came up in your mind? Someone that you're thinking of, someone at work, someone in your family, maybe a situation that you're thinking of. Who do you think is dropping that thought into your mind? Who do you think is busy bringing that person to the forefront in terms of your thought world? Do you think it's just you? It might be the Holy Spirit reminding you, pointing you towards that person. It's as easy as that, do you guys see? Is it in line with what Jesus would like to do in that person's life? If the answer is yes, then you can clearly know. This is the Holy Spirit guiding me. And that means just do it. Nike 1 verse 1. In fact, I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, but Lorraine, I'm just a normal person. I'm not like that next level, you know, like so and so on. Okay, so let's quickly talk about Paul, the Apostle Paul. Yes, the guy that killed Christians. Let's talk about him for a moment. Actively pursued them, murdered them. Do you know that when you read Acts and you read Paul's story, you see how the Spirit guided him to all of his missionary journeys. There are moments that the Spirit even closed doors and said, literally, Paul writes it. It's like written through Luke's book um, in the book of Acts. He would say, the Spirit prevented us. He closed the doors for us to go to this region. And you see how the Spirit guides him to ultimately come into the region that would later be the Western world as we know it today that would spread the gospel in many ways to many people. 
I mean, Priscilla and Aquila and the guys were the first guys hearing the gospel in Greece. That's the picture there. So because of his faithfulness and his goodness of the Spirit, God could do something that would impact generations. God can do that through you if you follow his God. And that's a guy that murdered Christians. Now, I know a lot about you guys, but can I say one thing? I do not think we're sitting with murderers in front of us this morning. Am I correct? Nobody here murdered a Christian or like massacred people, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so if that's the case with Paul, let's talk about Jesus. The Son of God Himself, who the Bible says received the Holy Spirit without measure. The Spirit was never withheld from Him. And then Jesus makes a statement, I do only what I see the Father doing. I say only what the Father tells me. How do you think He knows that? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the unity of the Trinity. So if Jesus is an evangelist by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, guys, I need the Spirit. So if God can use Paul, and God says it's important enough for the Jesus to have the Spirit to guide him in sharing the good news, then it means I need the Spirit as well. Lastly, I want to tell you about the nurse, Karen. A lady that I met, <clears throat> privilege of meet, had the privilege of meeting not too far back when I was still leading a kids' ministry environment in Fichat Park. Now this lady, powerful lady. I mean, like she's, she's one of the most... Fragile persons that I've ever seen or met in my life. When she speaks, it's like, hello, what's up? You're like, you need to get the room quiet because she's such a fine lady. And um, she, she really is like one of those, palm, uh, not palm, yes, palm trees, palm tree, not palm tree people, uh, pine tree people, pine tree people. Do you know pine tree people? They want to melt into the crowd like pine trees. You, you can't distinguish them from anybody else. Like she, if she walks in, you would not even know she's here. That's how she's like just dissolving into the crowd. That's the kind of person she is, and gentle and loving, but the most powerful person when it comes to a journey with Jesus that I've ever met. In fact, she is the lady that wrote the Sexual Violations Act into law for South Africa, and it's all built on biblical truth. The restoration process comes, she literally took the Bible and asked God, show me. What do we need to put in to make sure that the children in this country can be restored and be helped? She wrote that into law. And in the 60s, she was a little nurse. And the apartheid here is there in Joburg. And the one night as she was doing her rounds, she went past one of the guys and she was exchanging the drip and sorting everything out. And as she was putting on a new drip, at that moment when she activated the drip to continue and so on and so forth, this person that she was helping, it was a man, had a heart attack at that very moment. And she, who she is, and her journey with Jesus, just couldn't handle this. She was like, no ways. God, not on my watch will this person die when I've administered medicine now. That's not going to happen. And she, emergency button, get everybody in there. And it's like, come doctors, and everybody's trying to resuscitate this guy, getting him alive. And, and in the moment, as she's there, the only place that she can find herself in that space and in that moment is by this guy's ear praying. 
And the only gift that she had at that stage was to pray in tongues because she didn't really know what to pray. So she just let the Holy Spirit take over and pray for this person at that moment by his ear while the doctors are trying to get this person back to life. I mean, he had a heart attack and he flatlined. And they're busy trying and trying. And for I don't know how long they tried. And then at a certain stage, they stopped. And the doctor said, listen, it's over. And she's like, it cannot be over. This person will not die on my watch. And she's like, come back, come back, come back. And then finally, ultimately, the doctor said, listen, I'm calling it time of death that's it and he walks out and as he walks out the door of that hospital room where that guy was lying declared dead the person jumps up in their bed arms wide open and says the following words loudly Jesus I accept you and he was alive What happened was, this was an Orthodox Jew that she was praying for at that moment. And when he died, he experienced, and he thought he was going to be going down into the, in in, in Abraham's bosom, but he went down into the abyss. And further down, and more she was praying, this one thing just came, and this big total darkness that was taking him, and he just heard this one little voice telling him, if you accept my son, you will live. This guy's full-time in ministry today sharing the good news of Jesus. He's alive. And it's one lady that said, I'm willing to take the leap, and where the Spirit guides me, I'm going for it. Now I know as I'm sharing these stories, it's amazing stories, eh? And they're big. And sometimes they might even be intimidating as I'm sharing them today. Like, how can this happen through my life? I'm just Lorraine, Jesus. (laughs) I'm not really like that guy. I don't think I can ever go on this journey. How will I ever be able to even do this? How will I be able to take the leap and see miracles like people risen from the dead come back to life as I pray for them? Let me tell you how. And that's the reason why I shared it, the big stories. Because every big moment and every big leap starts with the first little step that we take. It's one little step of love. And that's point number three. I want to encourage you today, and that's it, very practical, just to start taking the first step in sharing the good news. Here's what I mean by that. Two ways for you to take one one little step. Easiest thing in the world. Tomorrow, when you go back to work, just tell somebody that you've gone to church. That's it. You just let them know I went to church. And let me teach you a cool trick to do that. Very easy. You walk over to your colleague, and like, hey, look, nice seeing you. Da, 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 da. So how, what did you guys do this weekend? No, we bride. And, and again, do you guess what they're going to ask you next? No, we had a great time. And like, what did you do this weekend? <laughs> and like, yeah, well, we had a great time. And uh, we went to church on Sunday. And we had a nice meal with the family. And, and, and just casually mention that. You don't have to convince everybody that your church is cool and it's amazing and they need to come with you because I know you guys do that, but you don't have to do that. Okay, so what, what do you need to do? You just let them know. And there might be four people that hear that you did that over the weekend and one of the four might come even back and start a conversation wanting to know a little bit more. That one that you've been journeying with now, loving the whole time because you've become a friend with that person, just had a bri, not a sermon, just a bri. Just chatting, just connecting, just loving, adding value to this person's life, blessing them in whichever way you can, not preaching to them, blessing them. Okay, can I say that again? Not preaching, blessing. Okay, 
loving that person. And then that might be the moment that the door opens, that you let them know. One little step. Another step that you can maybe take is just letting them know that you are a Christian and what Christianity means to you. Let me give you an example of that. So ladies, we know you love talking to one another, having some lack of conversations, you know, like one of those kanarukis vibes things. And we know what you love talking about as well. You know, I'm angry at my husband. Lady, I know, I know, I know. And then that next moment when you have that conversation about, oh, my word, he's once again not throwing his sock into that beautiful, you know, I, why, why do I even have a basket? Why, why do we have this? <laughs> okay, and you start having that chat. And, but that one morning you're having a chat with one of your friends that you've been trusting God for now. And she mentions that. And you're like, you know what? I've also struggled with this. And Christianity really helped me through it. That's it. Nothing else. You just like mention it. Just put it out there. If she picks it up and she says, oh, really? And how did that help you at all? Then you know. Here's an opportunity to have a discussion. Please do not say, well, Christianity helped me with that. And that's exactly how we did it. So you better get your life in order. And you better wonder. That's preaching, guys. Bring it back. Bring it. Just one little step. One little step. Just let them know that you follow Jesus. And that actually had a significant impact in your life. You can just let them know. And maybe the Holy Spirit uses that moment to open up the door in someone's life. And there's an organic conversation. I love the way you know mentioned it at the beginning of this week and this morning when we prayed together for specifically for this Sunday. And she said, you know what, just be available. She's a teacher at a school. And many times there's opportunities to open and pray for the whole school body. But many times the other people on staff like will forget and they're like, is there anybody else? She's like, whoa, I'm ready, guys. You can use me. I'm ready. I'm here. Or just be like in Murray's life, a Nicole. I know Murray personally very well. I know his story very well as well. And do you know why they loved Nicole and why she was part of the friend circle? Because she didn't drink. <laughs> so, and they love this Christian girl. I mean, it's like designated driver. We can party as hard as we want to. And we always have someone that will take us safely home. And Nicole was willing to do that. She wasn't looking down on people's life choices and styles. She loved them in that moment. And then that opened up a door when Murray was in the toughest moment of his life and she could be a loyal friend and also be a Nathan, a truth teller in that moment and have the conversation and the invitation for Murray that could change his life. So... That brings us to the end of today. And it brings us to a moment where I want to invite you to pray with me. I'm going to give you an opportunity to maybe speak to God about that person that he's been placing on your heart for so long now. You know the name. Maybe you don't know the name. Maybe you're sitting here and you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you need to sit and listen for a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to come and work in your thoughts. Maybe you've already written down that name and you've put it on that wall that says we have faith for people to encounter Jesus' love because his love makes us new. There's already fruit on that wall. There are people that wrote down names and they have seen God doing a work like the guy screaming and then a voice coming back down and someone's life has changed forever. So maybe God is speaking to you about that. And I want to give you an opportunity to pray for open doors and pray for God's guidance. So it's you and Jesus in a moment of conversation with your Father. Just bring that name before Him in this moment right now so you guys can pray, and then after that, I'll land for us.
Father, you know what is in every person's heart. You've already, through your spirit, prepared people's minds and you're guiding them towards specific names, people that you've fearfully and wonderfully woven together in their mother's wombs, people whom you've given your life for, people whom you love more than life itself. Jesus, I come and pray, Holy Spirit, guide us by reminding us of Jesus' love for that person, bringing that person to our, into our minds, into our thought world in the right moment, guiding our hearts in that space. And Jesus, I want to come and pray that you would open up the door and the conversations that's so necessary for people to be loved back to life. I also want to pray that you would close doors, doors that we're trying to bash down with all of our great ideas. Close that door that we can move on and we can go to the space that you are sending us to right now. In Jesus' name, I'm thanking you. I'm not begging, I'm thanking because I know you have sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. So I thank you for that guidance for each and every person sitting in front of me. And thank you for the stories of life change that will happen with each and every name that you've placed in someone's heart. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.